And welcome to a new episode of The Simpsons Did It. I'm your host, Stephen Skolansky. And I'm your co-host, Robert Skolansky. And this week, uh, this week we're going to find our mother. Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I want to do that. Well, we already know where she is. We never oh, do lost we? her. Oh, cool. Oh, sweet. For a second there, I thought we lost our mom to uh, the hippies of the 70s or something. Uh, you know, it's funny. I... I feel like our mother would not have been like that in the seventies, but from a couple of the stories she's told me, like she was kind of a rebel. Like she told me a story once where dad was in, I think he was in Indiana for something. And mom took Bubby's car to go visit and got into a car accident. Oh, such a rebel. Oh my God. It's like she, Destroyed no, she took a germ lab or something. Well, I mean, destroying your, your mother's car without <laughs> her knowing you took said car. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like, I don't know. Dad was in the army. Yeah. I mean, Abe was in the army. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I just don't know. It seems, it almost seems like, like Abe and dad are very similar. And but not really. no. Uh, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Dad's a grumpy old man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's about that's the uh, and they were both in the army. Those are the only two similarities. I don't know. I don't our know, our dad weird. is very smart. Abe is very crazy. Well, yes, no, I but but like <laughs> Mona is more outgoing, upbeat, does things like, you know, is out there. Opposites attract. I get apparently you, you're out there. You do stuff. Shay, Shay's pretty introverted. Yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah. So, uh, this week, we're going to be talking about... Season 7, Episode 8, Mother Simpson. Which, by the way, um, you're going to hear us say her real name throughout this episode. I don't believe they ever actually say it in this episode. Yeah, I don't think they do. I don't think they um, they refer to her as her real name in this episode. I think it's a future episode where we learn it. Yeah. But because we already know her name, and her name does appear in the episode. It does. Albeit, yes. albeit it might be a fake name, but I highly <laughs> doubt it. No, because um, that, because we'll get to it, but that one yeah. was, I think, was real. Like, that was the real one. Yeah. So, but yeah, Mother Simpson, uh, air date 11-1995. So they actually took a week break in between uh, episode seven in episode eight kind of weird yeah, i mean it wasn't not like it was well it wasn't thanksgiving or anything i feel like thanksgiving would have been a good i mean week. they they do that all the time now they do yeah oh yay new episode this week oh new episode next. oh wait it's not new this week. i i can't tell you how many times i think i did that in college where i would like watch a show like one week and it was new and i'm like sweet i can't wait for the new episode next week next week comes wait i've already seen this Yep. <sighs> now we have Netflix and streaming, so you don't have to watch reruns if you don't want to. Nope. Uh, recap, Homer's mother returns to the Simpsons, and the family learns that she was a radical in the 1960s. Damn straight. Um, This episode is so long, we don't have a chalkboard gag. Dude, we didn't, we didn't have an intro. 
Nope. It literally it went straight was straight like, to the couch the, gag. Yeah, the Simpsons. No, no, we had the car driving into the garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they but, always do that. Yeah. But yeah, straight to the couch gag this week, man. No time to lose. Nope. And our couch gag this week, a bowling pin clearing a bowling pin clearing bar scares Snowball 2 off the couch, then a pin setter places the family on the couch like bowling pins. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty cool. I like that. That's pretty cool. It would have been were they weren't in the shape of bowling pins though. No, were they, they weren't. They okay. were just regular Simpsons. Yeah, they they should have done that. They should have done them like kind of like scrunched into a bowling pin shape. They I think that have. would have been cool. I think that would have been cool. They could have done that, but they yeah. didn't. Lousy, no good uh, artists. Okay, okay. Abe. <laughs> Man yells at Cloud. Yep. All right. So we start this episode off with uh, Burns, quote unquote, cleaning up yeah. a highway. <laughs> Um, and there's a sign behind him that reads, this highway is maintained by Bernzodyne, the prophet people. <laughs> so he uh, came up with a fake, like, Company? charity or what are those called? Scam? Uh, <laughs> yes, it is a scam. <laughs> like a nonprofit? Yes. Is that what it would have been? Like yeah. a nonprofit? Well, that's what a charity company is. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So obviously, uh, if you guys don't know, like when you drive down your highways, sometimes streets, like they say they're maintained or uh, adopted by certain companies. And I feel like I I always see those. Like, is that more of an advertisement or are these companies actually coming out here and cleaning up these highways every once in a while? I think the adopt a highway stuff. Now, there's always like the adopt a highway for like in memoriam of people like certain people yeah but i think like the companies who like adopt a highway and i don't know why i'm doing the air quotes so nobody can see it but adopting quotes um or i guess highway would be in quotes either way i think those companies give money to like the city to maintain them okay so there so at least burns is sending his employees out there to, <laughs> to clean the highway yeah. And uh, Burns gives uh, the news their headline and then walks away. Yep. He hops in his car. He's like, all right, guys, you guys do all this work. And so Lenny pipes up about Burns uh, walking away. He's like, I can't believe I'm spending my Saturday picking up garbage. I mean, half these bottles ain't even mine. <laughs> half. So, half so. of them. Half of them. So apparently Lenny is littering. See, Lenny, if you didn't litter, you guys wouldn't be out there as long. Yeah, exactly. It's all Lenny's fault. All Lenny's fault. Lenny's kind of a jerk. Yeah. He always, he's always interrupting people. And uh, he's a kind of a jerk to himself. Remember last episode? He was like telling yeah. everyone about his big fat mouth. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so uh, Bern interrupts and says, less conversation and more sanitation. <laughs> And one of the workers picks up, I love it, he picks up a new Bedlam Asylum straitjacket. And that I was, was hoping, from, that I was, was hoping, the Michael Jackson episode, right? I believe so, yes. That's where I Homer, was hoping for like a, a payoff in like the background or something. I guess like I stopped paying attention kind of to the background, so maybe there was a payoff, but I don't think there was. Yeah, I mean, I definitely got to start paying attention more to things going on around the episode. Uh That's kind of one of the fun things. Like, I love all these episodes, and I, you know, I've watched them multiple times, but I think sometimes during these viewings, we could kind of sit down and start (laughs) enjoying the episode as opposed to, like, looking beyond things. Um, So Carl, Carl wonders where Homer is, and... He's at the top of the waterfall. 
at the I, I guess there's a waterfall off the Springfield Gorge. I don't know. I, I well, because like as as we'll as we'll hear in a moment, like they're next to a river. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I. Is this whole thing like near the plant, like the plant's water supply and everything? It like, might be. So, so, so we see Homer staging his own death. Yeah. Um, now, okay, We're, I'm gonna read this, and then I'm gonna then I'm yeah. gonna tell you something here. So yeah. Carl's like, "Oh no, he's going over the falls." And Lady's like, "Oh good, he snagged that tree branch." Carl's like, "Oh no, that branch broke off." Lady's like. Oh, good. He could grab onto those pointy rocks. <laughs> uh, Carl's like, oh, no, those rocks broke his arms and his legs. <laughs> and Lenny's like, oh, good. Those helpful beavers are swimming <laughs> over to save him. And, and Carl's like, oh, no, they're biting him and stealing his pants. <laughs> and then Smithers is like, good Lord, he'll be sucked into the turbine. And Burns like, hey, you see Homer kind of going to the turbine oh, yeah. and getting shredded. Yeah. And Burns is like, Smithers, who was that corpse? <laughs> corpse. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it was like, Homer Simpson, sir, one of the finest, bravest men ever to grace Sector 7G. And then he stops crying and returns to normal. I'll cross him off the list. <laughs> I love the fact that this is the only time, like, anytime Burns asks Smithers who Homer is, Smithers always comes up with, like, a witty retort and like makes fun of homer yep. but like this time homer's dead so smithers is like uh but yes last nice. yes last episode he's like sir yeah. one of your chair moisteners from sector 7g <laughs> so yeah uh, apparently when homer dies that's when everyone's nice so but okay i like to point out should everyone know we could survive this fall i mean he fell down the springfield gorge not necessarily maybe he you know because, like, when Homer staged it, he was up there. He's like, oh, no, I'm going to fall. And then he, like, ducks behind a bush and then pushes out the dummy. Yeah. But, so, I mean, but anyone know it, know, that knows Homer could probably think that. I mean, I guess the turbine killed him. The turbine killed him. Plus, I mean, we'll find out how much he spent on that dummy later. <laughs> Bart and Homer watched the whole thing. And Homer's like. Best $600 I ever spent. That's a pretty good price for a lifelike dummy. Yeah. But uh, where's he getting $600? I mean, he, I don't know. Uh, Saved it? Obviously not from working. Maybe his disability claim. Yeah. No, workman's comp. Workman's comp, sorry. Uh, so Homer tells Bart that they earned this Saturday. So let them, let them make the most of it. And so we cut to the next scene and we see kites flying in the air. But yeah, they're not being flown by Barton, <laughs> Barton Homer. It's uh, Marge and Lisa are in the backyard flying kites. I wish I could get a kite to fly. Those two are so lucky. You've never gotten a kite to fly? Well, I, I, I we got Elliot a kite and we take it out when on windy days to, you know, fly yeah. it. And I get it up there for like, I don't know, a minute. And then it crash lands. I don't. I don't get it. How bad are you at flying a kite? As bad as Charlie Brown. Clearly, I don't know. I, okay, you know what? When you're up here next time during the summer, and we're at, we get a windy day, I want to see you get your ass a kite in the sky. Can do. All right. I'll you do all, it on the... you. You guys heard it here first <laughs> on the Simpsons City Podcast. We'll take next, a video next, of me flying a yes. kite and post it to our uh, Instagram. All right. Okay. You guys heard it here, folks. This is gonna be. Fucking awesome. You're right, because right. I'm going to get the kite in the air. Okay. 
And so we see Homer uh, lying in his hammock, and Bart is just breaking bricks with a hammer or the yeah. the the the, porch. What is, the back porch. Yeah. And uh, Homer counts how many times Bart's hitting hitting the hammer on the. I mean, <laughs> boy, they're really making the most of this Saturday. Sounds like Homer is. Doesn't sound like Bart is. Yeah, Bart's kind of bored. I feel like he should just go over to Millhouse or something. Yeah. Yeah. So then we see a headline: Local man loses pants. Life. Beaver rescue falls short. Come on. <laughs> Beavers were trying to rescue him. This paper comes out fast. Came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This paper. Well, it probably came out the next day. You think it was next day? Yeah, it's probably the next day. I mean, look, this happened mid-Saturday. Even in the mid-90s, you could probably get this printed and ready to go for the next day. All Especially right. in a small town like that. Yeah. And so now the neighbors come and console Marge. And uh, uh, the Reverend Lovejoy is like, Marge, we can't tell you how sorry we are. And Flanders is like, you have our deepest condolences. I'm sorry. I'm just nervous. I didn't mean to any disrespect. What? By our deepest condolences. Maybe, well, maybe that. The, di- like, the diddly? The, the diddly. Because, I mean, usually Flanders diddlies when he's yeah. kind of excited and happy. Yeah, I yeah this is more of a somber moment, and he really shouldn't be. There's no know. reason to apologize, Ned. Yeah. Really no reason. <laughs> no more diddling. He's... <laughs> to be fair, maybe Ned's just one of those peop- people who over-apologizes for every little thing. Yeah, probably. Uh, so, you know, Marge asks what's going on, and Ned's like, we're here about Homer's passing. And they just stare <laughs> at each other, and Ned's like away and he keeps staring into death and marge is like what and marge is confused and lovejoy hands over the newspaper with the headline on it and marge says that the headline is ridiculous homer isn't dead and he's out in the, he's out back in the hammock yep which she was um i i'm assuming so okay We've seen the Simpsons house enough to know that, yes, they have a fence, but they don't have a gate. So I'm assuming Homer saw the the neighbors coming over and quickly got out of there. I mean, because where the hammock was, it's on the side. It, it was it's by it's on the Ned side of yeah, their fence. Yeah. And there's there's a there's clearly you can see the road from the hammock. Yeah, I'm just wondering if I don't know if Homer saw them and just decided to ditch, or if he, him and Bart went somewhere. Yeah, because in reality, all Homer really wanted to do was get out of doing the thing. I mean, yeah. I guess I don't know if he quite understood the repercussions of him going <laughs> through a turbine. Nope. <sighs> well, why would you think? Look, it's like, oh, I'm gonna fake my death. If it works, great. If not, ah, eh, whatever. Okay, it's, it's not a crime to fake your own death, is it? Uh, I'm pretty sure it is. Is it? Uh, let's do the thing where we do the thing and uh, we find out uh, a fake death, also called a staged death or a pseudocide. Uh, okay, yeah, we know what a fake death is. Um, <laughs> there are no state or federal laws that specifically make it a crime to fake your own death. Weird. All right, cool. I, so, I, I, all right. Well, now I know how I'm getting out of Christmas. 
No, I'm joking. Hold on. But there are there are consequences of uh, if you try to live out another life after you fabricated your own death, you're committing fraud because yes, you know you probably have a new identity. Yep. So you can't legally live a day to day existence because unless you unless you're like your family knows you committed your own death and they like are, feed are, you. Well, and or like they're in on you, it. Yeah. Or they're in on it. But like, yeah, if you fake your own death and then try to start a new life uh, and you get caught, yeah, then you're going to jail because then you're committing fraud. Yeah. Unfortunately, this day and age, I, I don't think you could fake your own death. No. Get, not and, and like technology. get on an airplane and head to Cuba or something like. Well, I, you could probably hitchhike down to Mexico. Yeah. And go to Mexico. But I mean. It's going to be really tricky with cell phones and yep. cameras. and Yeah, this day and age, fake, in the 90s, yeah, go ahead, oh, fake yeah. your death, get out of here. Yeah. But yeah, nowadays, <laughs> I think it would be near impossible to do. It's it's crazy to me that people can still get away with crime in this day and age. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think we all know about the uh, quadruple homicide in Idaho that took place. And I think that was October. Um, and like, dude, whoever did it might be getting away with it. I mean, maybe by the time this podcast, this episode comes out, they might've caught the person, but I, I don't think they will. Yeah. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, so anyways, uh, back to the episode, uh, they go out back, but you know, Homer's not in his hammock anymore. Cause either Bart and Homer left or Homer heard or saw them coming. And he's like, I gotta get out of here. And uh, Ned tells Marge that Homer is alive in their hearts. And Lisa skips past by, by all the adults all happy. She's like, oh, hi, everybody. Like, doesn't know what's going on. Um, and Lovejoy gives Marge a number for a juvenile counselor. Because obviously he thinks Lisa's in denial over Homer's yeah. death. <laughs> yep. Even though Homer, as we know, isn't dead. Um, so now we cut to the next scene. And Marge uh, has a bunch of flowers by the door. Because obviously... Homer's dead. People are being nice, sending their condolences. Uh, and Selma and Patty drop by to bring over the to- a tombstone <laughs> that they bought, uh, that they saved for since Homer and Marge's wedding day. And the tombstone reads, Homer J. Simpson, we are richer for having lost him. Because oh S- Selma and Patty are... You know, I jerks. still love the fact, still, to this day, even though we don't necessarily think about it, yeah. what homer's middle name is but obviously oh we, all, my we God. all like we all know it now but it's still funny to the to this like obviously you got oh this tombstone yeah still still no middle name like we don't yeah. know homer's middle name because it's not on his driver's license that we've seen in the past like it's yeah. weird like it's it weird, weird. Uh, now that you mentioned it, it is weird um as i mentioned before selma and patty told marge they were saving the money since they got married and Marge kicks them out and calls them ghouls. And she goes, ay, 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 ay. Um, <laughs> is that the Alpha 5 reference? Uh, I don't know. I, is, was Power Rangers out in 95? Oh, yeah. Okay, maybe. I mean, or Marge just said it. Yeah. I, I It seemed to me it was a Power Rangers reference. I don't know why. There's no other Power Rangers-esque <laughs> references in the episode. But sure, yeah, we'll go with teach- it. <laughs> Um, and so, and then right after Marge kicks him out of the, uh, kicks Patty and Selma to the curb, the power goes out in the house because the power line man cut it out. 
And Marge is like, uh, you made a mistake. And he's like, oh, no, no mistake. Your electricity is in the name of Homer J. Simpson, deceased. The juice stays off till you get a job or a generator. Oh, and uh, my deepest sympathies. So I think I'm pretty sure Marge could go to the power company and put the power into her own name. Yeah, and it's weird that I, I guess I don't know what the timetable is, but I feel it like it would take more than like a day or two for your power to get shut off. If Plus, yeah, I mean, the thing is, I don't think an electric company would turn off your power until the bill hasn't been paid. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I guess, I mean, our electric bill and energy bill and all that stuff is all in my name. Yeah. Even so you though, better like, not die. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I mean, me and me and my wife obviously co- joined on the mortgage yeah like but for everything else i mean i'm pretty i'm pretty really only sure. one only really only one person needs to sign up for any of the any yeah. of that stuff and i'm pretty sure if you were to unexpectedly pass away well a she'd probably to sell the house and oh. yeah. what? <laughs> well that's a pretty big house for two people yeah um, but where are all my funko pops gonna go if they move um hi <laughs> hello even though I'm like sure, 90 of sure our, she... <laughs> of our stuff are doubles yeah well i'll sell the doubles oh, okay or, for, or trade for stuff that i want uh, hello i'm sure shay would not care if i took your crap uh-huh yeah um but yeah i mean yeah if you were to unexpectedly pass away i'm sure she could just call and put the power and everything else into her name until she sold the house yeah. So, um, and so in the dark, uh, Marge calls over Homer and I love the fact because it's pitch black. All you see is their floating eyeballs. Yep. And, uh, Marge goes, uh, uh, to Homer. She's like, when I asked you if that dummy was to fake your own death, you told me no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so clearly Marge knew he bought the dummy. So she allowed Homer to spend $600 on that thing? Well, he probably bought it and then she found out about it. I, maybe. I can't imagine Marge would say yes to that expense. Yeah, exactly. So, but what did, what did Homer say he was using it for? I don't know. Uh, maybe to trick people at work? He's like, oh, no, no. Ooh, carpool lane. Carpool lane. Well, but why would he need it? There's no carpool lanes in Springfield. You don't know that. We have, we don't, t- we've never seen him driving on the highway. Um, So Lisa comes in and says Bart ran into a doorknob and bit his tongue. <laughs> and then Bart walks in. And he's like, what's going on? And uh, I, I tried to imitate it. Like I bit my tongue. I don't know if it came out well, but it, he sounds muffled because of the, the bit tongue. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, that was great. I like that bit. They've done it in the, I think they've done it in the past. I think they do it in future episodes where it's just black and all you see is the eyeballs. Yep. Yeah. Um. So now Homer goes to the Springfield Hall of Records. Not the good kind of records. Historical <laughs> ones. Yeah. Those are the bad ones. Some of them anyways. So Homer goes up to the county clerk. And he goes, listen here, my name is Homer J. Simpson. You guys think I'm dead, but I'm not. Now, I want you to straighten this out without a lot of your bureaucratic red tape and mumbo jumbo. The county clerk's like, okay, Mr. Simpson, I'll just make the change here. Taps the keyboard <laughs> and you're all set. So here's, well, don't you have to sign 
a death certificate to well to, well, to Marge say that would, that person Marge would have to, or you'd yeah, have what, to recover the body or so. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, if but if the body is thrown through a turbine, it's going to get all chewed up, and there's not going to be anything left. Yeah. So I I don't know who pronounced him dead, or maybe Smithers, maybe maybe Burns and Smithers just went to the to the Hall of Records there and. Um, I feel like a family. Dead. I feel like a family member. Maybe Abe might have done it. I feel like a family member would have, like a legal family member, would have to declare you dead. Yeah, because like when when a person dies and they have the body, they bring in your closest living relative to identify you. Yeah, and obviously in this case, there's no body, so you can't identify anything. But I still would assume a family member would still have to be like oh yeah he's dead yep yeah um and so homer's like i don't like your attitude you water cooler dictator what do you have in that secret government file anyway i have a right to read it and the county clerk's like you sure do yep so uh our dad um has gone into these records before to uh find birth certificates and oh yeah he's not He's um, done a lot of that. Uh, he's done a lot of the ancestry stuff the old way. Yep. Yeah. 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 So yes, all, you can walk into your and see your government file. It's yep. not a secret. Nope. It's your file. Um, now our cousin, he did the ancestry thing the new fashioned way, which was he did a DNA test. Lazy bastard. Well, he got the twenty three and me. I think I think both him and our uh, uncle took it and. Uh, we did find out that we had. I, I think part, it's something we're part uh, part black. No. Oh, we're so at least on our father's One Cherokee. N- no. Oh, at least uh, on our father's side, because I don't think anybody on our mother's side. I mean, one of us would have to take the the DNA test. But on our father's side, there is a relative that ended up in Spain. I don't so understand where they get this data from. Uh, other people taking the DNA test. That's how they link the DNA. So we are like, I don't know, 164th Hispanic, maybe. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> we, but everything else, but here's the thing on our father's side, we're all Ashkenazi Jews. Yeah. Like Polish. So, um, yeah, but I believe on our mother's side, we do have some Russian in us. So Homer reads his file and once again forgets Maggie's real name. Yes. He's like, Margaret? Who's Margaret? Uh, your youngest daughter? Yep. And that was the Who Shot Mr. Burns episode, right? I believe so. I think. Wasn't that the episode where... Uh... No, it was, wasn't was it the CPS uh, episode where everything happened oh, at right. the school? Right, 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 right. Yes, yeah. that is correct. Yep, it was that yep. episode. Yep. So Homer, yeah. Homer really do- needs to learn Margaret's name. It's like Burns forgets Homer's name and Homer forgets Maggie's name. Oh, Maggie, I got nothing against Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It was at the court, the courtroom. Yeah. Yep. yep. And so, uh, yeah. So he it also says in his file that his mom is still alive, and he shows the county clerk the stone angel over in the cemetery that that's my mom's grave, and he's like, Have you ever? gone up there <laughs> no um so what do you think homer does goes up to the grave because and he's like i'm sorry i never visited mom yeah <laughs> and uh he's like 
And then he like uncovers the the tombstone and it uh, has the name Walt Whitman. <laughs> and Homer's like, damn you, Walt Whitman. I hate you, Walt freaking Whitman. Leaves of grass my ass. <laughs> By the way, this is the, well, this is the first of two times that I'm aware of that Matt Groening has in an episode a character tearing away moss of off a gravestone. Oh. Because he did it in Futurama when Fry found out that his oh, brother yeah, yeah, yeah. named his nephew after him. Yep. Yeah. That's kind of a weird thing to do. I don't know if that's a cliche. I don't know. In like movie and television where you like wipe away the gravestone? Is that a yeah. thing? I think so. I think I've seen it in several different uh, movies. Well, I mean, look at Ebenezer Scrooge in uh, Christmas Carol. That's, that's he goes up to his grave and uh, wipes it off to find his name. So yeah, it's it's normal. What a cliche. Yeah. <laughs> so Homer thinks that the other grave that says Simpson is his mom, <laughs> but it's his tombstone that Patty and Selma bought with the plot because the plot came with the with the tombstone. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Homer wonders why his death keeps coming back to haunt him. <laughs> well, you faked your own death, Homer. Jesus. Uh, uh, and then Homer falls into the grave. Yep. And then a woman comes by to yell at Homer to get out of her son's grave. And Homer's like, I hate to break it to you, but this is my grave. <laughs> and then Homer comes to realization that the woman is his mom. I mean, he hasn't seen her for like 25-ish years. Something like that. So, I mean, I guess she aged a little bit, but she probably still looks like... Looks like him. I mean, our moms. Well, you know. we'll we'll see what she looks like. I mean, the the we'll see how the cops do the 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 digital aged thing. Yep, yep. And, and how what she looks like after twenty five years. Yep. And so Homer Homer's like, I thought you were dead. And Mother Simpson's like, I thought you were dead. And then there's a grave digger. <laughs> He's like, Well, dog blast it. Isn't anybody <laughs> in this dang gum cemetery dead? <laughs> And this is the best, oh my god, best part of this whole episode right here. Hans Bowman popping out a uh, uh, nearby coffin says, I didn't want to co- uh, cause a fuss, but now that you mention it. <laughs> oh, so, god. so, this is the first time we've seen Hans Bowman since his uh, uh, electrocution. Yeah. So, apparently that electrocution that he went through never even didn't kill him. Or, or as I mentioned in the last episode and in previous episode, the theory that Homer is really in a coma. Uh, yeah, we'll go past that. That's not a theory. Well, it's a theory, but it's not a very good one. What? How is that not a good theory? I don't know. I like to think that Homer does wacky things. Well, yeah, because he's in a coma. All right. <laughs> um, and so Mona says Homer grew up to be so handsome yeah. And Homer's like, yeah, some people say I look a lot like Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> I mean, he kind of has that shape. Yeah. Kind of. A little bit. And then I love how there was like, you know, uh, just a slight pause. Like, like Homer's mom's like, okay, Homer. Uh, sure. Yeah. And Homer tells his mom that uh, that Abe to hit, told him that uh, she died uh, while he was at a movie. At least That's a uh, terrible lie. Yeah, at least it wasn't. Uh, I went went out for cigarettes and never came back. <laughs> well, kind of what happened. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, basically yeah. 
And yeah. Homer asks where she's been, uh, but she says it's complicated and uh, we just need to enjoy the moment. Yeah. And then Homer confesses that he always finds a way to mess up moments when a <laughs> pelican lands on Homer's head and the pelican drops a fish into Homer's pants. <laughs> and he's like, I'm, I'm sorry. So- she's like, it's okay. It wasn't your fault. Yeah. That's great, though. I always ruin the moment. Yep. He does. And so Homer takes uh, his mom home to surprise the family. Yeah. And the whole and the whole family gasps at the revelation. Yeah. And Lisa's like, this is so weird. It's like something out of Dickens or Melrose Place. I never watched Melrose Place. Well, was Melrose Place kind of like a soap opera? It was basically like a soap opera. Yeah. Which like would make sense. Primetime yeah. soap opera. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that would be definitely something out of Dickens or Melrose Place. Well, yeah, like, that's what soap operas do. Oh, her mom is dead. And then, like, two months later, oh, no, she's actually alive. And then she dies again. But she's really not. Uh. We've all seen Calculon. Yes, we have. (laughs) Uh, So Marge is happy. She has a mother-in-law. And now she doesn't have to live vicariously through her girlfriends. But as she's, like, saying this, she, like, gets really, like, nervous and anxious. Well, she doesn't really have any friends. That we yeah, exactly. know of. Yeah. Well, maybe Luann? Maybe. I mean, she also does gossip. Like, she goes to, like, the salon. And remember, like, the police? Yeah, police she gossips. Out. She gossips. She goes to the salon and gossips. So, but I don't know if you necessarily call them friends more than yeah. acquaintances. Yeah. Uh, Bart tells uh, Mona, since she has been a no-show through his life, she owes him back presents. Like, you know, back money. Uh, and he mentions, I love how he mentions like, oh, you've missed my birthday. You've missed holidays, report cards, Kwanzaa. <laughs> I don't even celebrate Kwanzaa, Bart. I know. Uh, and so Bart pulls out a, a calculator and tallies up how much Mona, Mona owes Bart. And he's like, with interest, uh, the final math is $22,000. <laughs> like, okay, Christmas, birthday, that's about it. Like, how much is he expecting over probably... That's like... <laughs> Ten that's years. Like, well, no, but like, if, I guess, but that's like $2,200 a year. That's that's $1,100 per freaking holiday. I mean, yeah, yeah he had an interest. Yep. But that's what the average comes out to. That's a lot but, of money. But he's a 10-year-old, though. He doesn't quite <laughs> grasp what, you know, he gets. Yeah, and then Homer rushes in to strangle Bart. He's like, "I'll Kwanzaa you." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Mother Simpson stops Homer from strangling Bart, and uh, I love like she goes to Homer. What's his name? Because obviously yeah, she hasn't met the family yet. No, but I feel like Homer would have had nonstop talking about it from the from the, the from the cemetery to the house. It's possible. Um, but I don't know, maybe, plus she's old. Maybe she just forgot. Maybe. So, yeah. So Homer shows, uh, his mom around the house. Homer's like, this is my room. This is my dresser. It's where (laughs) I keep my shirts when I'm not wearing them. Good job, Homer. I thought, no, (laughs) that's not true. Homer keeps his shirts in the closet next to his pants. Maybe he has like undershirts in the the drawers. Oh, okay. Mother Sims like, oh yes, right in the drawers, and they all they both laugh about it. And Homer's like, you remembered? Oh my god! Yeah. 
It's like, I mean, obviously he's like turned into this kid showing his mom all the cool stuff he has. Yeah. yeah it's like, I love he's like, this is my room. No, Homer, it's your and yours and Marge's bedroom. <laughs> yeah, this is where me and my wife like to make whoopee. Yep. Uh, and uh, so uh, now we see uh, Mona and Lisa talk. And Mona says she saw all of Lisa's rewards. And Lisa's like, I just keep them out to bug Bart. Yeah. We didn't really do that to each other. I mean, we had we both had trophies out. Yeah. I mean, my, my, more of mine said first place on them than yours. But, you know, who's keeping count? I mean, I played soccer. I had a few first place trophies. Yeah. I had bowling, a lot of bowling trophies. Okay, but I and didn't baseball. Bowl. I didn't play baseball. Well, I did play baseball for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I played a lot more soccer. Okay, I have I have medals from Oh, okay, you played clarinet. You probably have solo ensemble crap. No, I never did that stuff. Oh, okay. So I have solo ensemble medals. <laughs> yeah, but that's, also... that that's 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 like band geek stuff. I also double lettered in high school. Double lettered. Yeah, I had uh honor honor roll and uh music. I didn't know you could letter for honor roll. Or no, I don't, uh, no I'm sorry. you can't letter for honor music, roll. I was on honor roll. Music and soccer, sorry. Okay. I got a letter for music and I got a letter for playing soccer. Alright. So yeah, you wanna compete? No. <laughs> uh so uh Mother Lisa tells Lisa not to be bashful, and uh she tells Lisa that she was made fun of uh, for reading at a ninth grade level, and I, Lisa and her kind of banter about a book that I didn't really care about. <laughs> yeah, they both didn't think that the that it uh, met the met the needs of their intellectual yeah. level of reading. Uh, and so as Lisa and uh, Mona talk, Homer walks by on his hands, like, "Mom, look what I can do! Look what I can do!" <laughs> Oh, now my my kid's at that age. Oh, is he? I yeah. was going to bring that up uh, here to ask you if uh, he's like, oh, dad, look what I can do. And it's some stupid shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. It is. Well, it's they're, always, some, they're it's four, always like something five, like. Six, they, they do. They want their parents <laughs> to be like, dude, look what I can do. I can somersault. Watch me. Watch me now. I can somersault. It's always some stupid thing that they, they, they say they, they can do, and it's like... Yeah, but it's not I, stupid to them. I know. It's still stupid. I don't have kids. I don't, I, I'm pretty sure people can tell. But here's the thing. we I guarantee you we probably did that as kids at some I'm point. I'm sure we did. Um, And so... Um, and uh, without looking, Mona's like, oh, very good, Homer. And she yeah. like kind of waves her hand. And uh, Homer points out to her that she isn't looking at him, but she continues her conversation with Lisa. And she's like, you know, Lisa, I feel like I have an instant rapport with you. Lisa's like, you didn't dumb it down. You said rapport. (laughs) Yeah. Lisa Lisa even speaks at an adult level. Well, as we learn in a very future episode, what was it like season 12? I want to say I could be way off. Where we learn that the the Simpson women are smart and the men are dumb. Yeah, but remember, Mona Mona Simpson isn't a Simpson woman. That is fair. She's not. She took Abe's last name. Possibly. Maybe they both have the last name Simpson. 
Either uh, way, but either way, Lisa would have some genetic match to Mona. They would say they would share some of the same DNA. Well, Mona, but not well. Remember, remember that conversation we had about Marge and the and the and oh, okay. DNA. Yeah. So you can't you can't go back and say no because you argued against it during that episode. No, no, no. My the whole okay that episode, Marge was saying she had Simpson DNA, which she wouldn't have because she's not part genetically of the exactly. Simpsons. Exactly, she's a boobie. But Lisa, but Homer carries both his mom and his dad's DNA, which would mean he would pass some of Mona's DNA down to Lisa. Lisa would carry the DNA of Homer, of Marge, of Abe, of Mona, of uh, Marge's mom and Marge's dad. Because that's how, you know, genetics freaking works. Yeah. So Marge does not have Simpson DNA. Lisa has some DNA of Mother Simpson. Yeah. Um, so I was not wrong. Um, and so... Uh, uh, Mona says she has to run for grandma stuff and she runs into the house and Lisa looks down the street, sees a cop car drive by and uh, she gets a little suspicious. Oh yeah. That's uh, that's odd timing. Very oh, odd. Oh yeah. Well, so, you know, you know, uh, Wiggum or Lou or, yeah. you know, they got to cruise. They got to cruise the streets of Springfield to make sure everything's safe. But here's the thing. It's been what? 15, 20, no, it's been 25 years. Yep. Um, I highly doubt anybody would recognize her outside of, outside of one, outside of one evil old man, but we'll <laughs> yeah. get to that. But like, I highly doubt Lou or Lenny or not Lenny, Lou or Eddie or Wiggum would probably recognize her. Cause Only they're all Wig- No, Wiggum would. We know yeah. Wiggum would. I don't know if Wiggum would. Yeah. We'll get to it later on. Of course he would. So, well, uh, anyways. So Lisa, t- I love this scene. Lisa takes Bart to the basement to talk and turns on the dryer. You know, like you see in spy movies, you don't have louder noises. So you're not overheard. Yep. And, uh, what? Lisa, Lisa's like, I turned on the dryer so no one can hear us. And Bart's like, what? Lisa. So then Lisa turns off the dryer. She's like, well, I guess we don't need it. What? what? <laughs> I do oh, that every Bart. once in a while, just because. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I do it because of this episode, possibly. Oh no, I don't. But but I do it just because. Well, like somebody's like like you know the whole the whole joke. Well, I didn't hear you. What? <laughs> I do that a lot. Uh, uh, so Lisa tells Mark to shut up and to listen to her, and she's like, "I think there's something fishy about Grandma." And points out to Bart that anytime they ask her where she's been, she changes the subject. Yep. Which yeah, that's very suspicious when you ask somebody about something and they they won't talk about it. Yeah, so Bart agrees with her, you know, not to trust her, because he pulled a stack of driver's license he found in her purse. <laughs> oh, my God. And so we get the first license from Beaver Dam, Wisconsin. By the way, I paused on every license we saw. I tried to get as much information as possible. Some of it was weird. Yeah. So yep. so the first driver's license expires in uh, January uh, 9th of 97 and was issued in... December 23rd of 93. That's really weird because Wisconsin driver li- driver's license lasts for 10 years. Yep. Yeah. Wisconsin's are crazy. Minnesota is actually for like four years. Okay. Three yeah. Four years. Yeah. And the other thing too is you usually get it issued. Usually. Well, I guess 
you usually get it reissued around your birthday. Yeah. And yeah. her and the birthday. I mean, it's close, but. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you could get it. I think I think you can get a new driver's license anytime, just as long as you get it before it expires. Yeah. But it costs a lot of money, yeah. at least nowadays. Yeah. And so we see that the there's only a four digit zip code on there, yeah. which is crazy. And we learn that Mona Simpson <laughs> has the same birthday as yours truly here, March 15th, 1929. Or does she have the same birthday as you? No, 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 no. I'm going to go with because that's her real name. This is actually her real ID. She just has yeah. a bunch of other fake ones in her purse because the second one's from Missouri and her name on it's Mona Stevens. Yeah. Um, once again, only four digit zip code and the birthday is May 5th, uh, 1931. So she's making herself younger, basically. Yeah. Uh, her third license is from Alaska. Uh, her name is Martha Stewart. <laughs> I don't think that's really Martha Stewart. No. And, and yeah, I've been, I've been bamboozled. Yep. And her birthday is November 26, 1934. So once again, making yourself younger. Uh, her fourth license is from Ohio, and her name is Penelope Olson. And but this time she made herself older again, July yeah. uh, July eighteenth of thirty three. Yeah, one year. And, one year. Yep. Yeah. And uh, the last and final uh, driver's license is from Tennessee, and her name is Muddy May Suggins. And she was born in this driver's license the twenty seventh of February in nineteen twenty six. So she made herself even older. Yep. And she wasn't born on she wasn't born on a leap year. Yes. Which is kind of nice. Yeah. Um yeah, she made herself older than her original driver's license. <laughs> so well, I'd assume that was the last one she made. Yep. Yeah. And so uh Lisa realizes that these are the calling cards of a con artist. You think? Yep. Not Good really. Deduction. Okay. It is. It is, but this is also a way that Mona Simpson could stay ahead of the cops. Yes. So I don't think she was out to like con anyone. She just didn't want to get arrested. Correct. Yep. So Homer is so happy to have his mom back. But Marge says, yeah, she's nice, but I would get too attached to the woman who abandoned you for the last 25 years. You can get hurt again. And Homer corrects Marge by saying his mom abandoned him 27 years ago, <laughs> not 25. <laughs> Clearly Homer knows. So. Yep. Well, and, so he's 38, right? So she abandoned him when he was nine. Yeah. What a jerk. But she had her reasons. Yeah. And so Homer says she had a good reason for leaving. And Marge asked what that reason was. But I was like, uh, I don't know. Uh, it was probably my fault. <laughs> oh, but we my. do know from flashbacks from here on out that that uh, Homer's mom actually did care for her son. Yes. In a lot of, mo a lot of moments. So, yes. so yeah, I don't know why Homer would necessarily blame himself, but he was young. He probably didn't realize. Yeah. So Marge consoles Homer over Mona leaving him. And Homer asks, uh, if she didn't leave because of me, why did she leave? And Marge's like, let's go find out. Marge is on a mission. Yeah. And we see Mona reading, uh, steal this book. Wasn't Which this is a real book, book? Well, it is, but wasn't this book at, in the, uh, classroom at Springfield. Wasn't I, that one of those books? I think it was. Yeah. Lisa must have checked it out and brought it home. That or Mona went into Springfield Elementary and stole that book. 
God damn it. <laughs> well, so, it's a steal this book. Yep. Hey, I mean, she was just following the rules. Yep. So Marge tells Mother Simpson that they have questions about her past. And she pretends to sleep. <laughs> Come on, man. I know I was going to believe you. Yeah. And uh, Bart tells her to spill the beans or we'll call the cops. Muddy May Suggins. Uh, and that gets uh, that gets Mona's attention. She's yep. like, please don't call the police. And Lisa's like, all right, well, why don't we call a grandpa? Mother Simpson says, don't do that either. I'll talk. (laughs) Jeez. Boy, she'd be tough under pressure, man. Yeah. Uh, So Mother Simpson says it all started in the 60s. And we get a flashback that begins with a young Homer playing Operation. And he gets shocked when he can't get the piece out. And like it just keeps electrocuting him, yeah. Until like, until Mona comes in to like push him away. Well, that um, stuff, that stuff, it doesn't like, really sting, but it gives no. you a little bit of a shock. Yeah. Also, uh, the game Operation came out of March of '65. Wow, that's an old game. Yes. Maybe they wanted young men and women to become doctors. That's probably why the game was made. Yeah. Uh, so, child Homer, uh, in his room, he has a hang in their kitten poster on his door. A yep. piece symbol on the wall, a light bright, which came out in 1967. Wow, I didn't realize the light bright was that old. And yeah. a suitcase re- record player. Hey, I have a suitcase record player. Do you? Yeah. Ooh, aren't you Mr. Fancy Pants? I am. Uh, also, I love the fact that there's a hole in the floor for like a mouse, like you'd see in Tom and Jerry. <laughs> yeah. That, that was pretty fun. Uh, so, uh, young Homer screams for Mona as the game electrocutes him. And so she comes in, gets him unelectrocuted, puts Homer into bed and they sing a song about Fig Newton. So Homer can fall asleep. Of course. Of course. (laughs) Yep. Uh, and, uh, so Mona, uh, you know, leaves Homer to sleep and she asks Abe if Homer is just the cutest. And Abe's like, probably. (laughs) Oh my God. And Abe is trying to watch the Super Bowl because if he doesn't support it, it probably won't make it. <laughs> yeah, one person doesn't support it. They needed that one extra person. Yep. Well, hey, I mean, that, well, okay, so 19, what did we decide Decide what year it was? Like, this would have been game three, uh, Super Bowl three. Yeah. So, yeah, they had to they had to make sure that they watched it, man. Yeah. Because we wouldn't be here at Super Bowl, like, 50, what, four, six? Four? Four? Five? Somewhere around there. We wouldn't be there without Abe Simpson. Yeah. Uh, And so they show a shot of Joe Namath, who has sideburns, which apparently opened up Mona's eyes (laughs) to the world. (laughs) To to the hipster world, or the hippie world. Yeah. And, of course, Abe hates the sideburns, but he loves Johnny Unitas because of his army haircut, and it's just like Abe's. Of course. Um, And so um, we cut back to present day and Marge asks uh, Mona uh, where Mona's newfound irresponsibility took her. And she said she found people with similar views at the state college. (laughs) So now we cut to the germ warfare laboratory when the H-bomb isn't enough. (laughs) And so we see hippies protesting. I didn't. I didn't really write down any of the protest signs because none of them were really that clever. Uh, But what they chanted was uh, anthrax, gangrene, swimmer's ear, get your germ lab out of here. I, um, well, anthrax, yes, is a, is a bioweapon. Yeah. 
gangrene is what happens to your uh, leg when you don't uh, disinfect it yes. from like a cut. So that's not really uh, yeah. a germ. Well, it again, is. Maybe, yeah, I guess maybe it is. But it's and, not something you I don't think it's something you can culture. No, I don't think it is. And swimmers here. <laughs> it's um, definitely not. A that, germ. That's not a germ. That's nothing. Uh, so uh, Mona says, how, how could she not become a radical when they were fighting a force of pure evil? And that pure evil is the Noid. No, Mr. Burns. Yep. Mr. Burns is pure evil. Even uh, in the 60s. Yeah. Uh, and I love how Burns is like, uh, there. he talks to himself. He's like, their flower power is no match for my glower power. And so he just like looks at the protests and glowers at them. They all run away. Just like, yeah. And then uh, Wiggum is the student security <laughs> officer. And he's like, uh, he's like, uh, he turns, looks up at Burns, like, that's some good glowering, Mr. Burns. Or Mr. Yep. B. Mr. B. Calls it Mr. B. Yep. And so Mona says they uh, needed to fight. So she puts Homer to bed and tells Abe that she doesn't know how late she'll be out. I mean, yeah. once Homer, wait, look, once your kid's in bed, if adults want to go do different things at night, yeah, so be it. Yeah. As long as they come home and don't get, uh, you know, into trouble and have to run away from their family because of a law-breaking uh, scheme. Yeah. And uh, so we hear uh, all along the watchtower playing is a radical setup, an antibiotics bomb in Burns' laboratory. That's um, great. That's great. That was, that was fantastic. It. Because obviously you don't want to blow up the laboratory. Just destroy no. the germs. By the way, when I watched this and I heard it, I was like, oh, that's a bomb. And because like you only see the clock. Yeah. Like, like I, I just thought it was a bomb. They were going to blow it up because I hadn't seen this episode in a really long time. And then they like do a full shot. It's like antibiotics. I'm like, oh, that makes a lot more sense because it's a germ lab laboratory. Yep. And so the hippies are using a Spiro Agnew <laughs> clock for the time around the bomb. That's pretty good. Does does Graining have a, a, an, an infatuation with Spiro Agnew? Because he used the headless body of Agnew as the vice president of Futurama. <laughs> I know. He really... Well, I just think he likes just old, old references. Well, okay. Granted, I don't know if we could definitely say Graining... I think yeah. more just the writing staff, but but it was but it wasn't the same writing staff on Futurama. No, I don't know. Then unless Groening just had his had his random input into episodes, it's possible. Yeah, and so the antibiotics are released, killing uh, smallpox, which is a virus. So the antibiotics <laughs> would have no effect against it. Yep, uh, diphtheria, which is a bacteria that would kill it. Yep, typhoid, which is a bacteria. Rocking it. pneumonia. Um, not real, no. but uh, pneumonia is caused by a bacteria. So, yeah. Yep. And boogie woogie influenza, <laughs> which isn't <laughs> real, but influenza is actually a virus. So that would also not die. Yeah. The rocking pneumonia and the boogie woogie influenza is a reference to the song rocking pneumonia and the boogie woogie flu. Yep. Which is a fantastic song. Yep. Uh, so we see young women, uh, women, young Wiggum <laughs> running away from the antibiotics, but obviously he's not fast enough. And uh, it, it clears up his uh, 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 asthma. But antibiotics don't work on asthma because 
asthma is not caused by a bacteria, you need steroids. Yes. And even then, uh, asthma can't really be cured. It can only be controlled. Yep. Yeah. But the acne can be cleared up, like he said. Can acne's not a bacteria though, is it? Well, I guess it is. Yeah, it is. Use... It's a yep. You use uh, yeah. cream and stuff to yeah. to let, make it go away. So okay, asthma, no. Acne, yes. <laughs> so half of his problems would have been cleared up. Yeah. Um, and well, then... I love the fact he's like, "Listen to me, breathe." <sighs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um. And, but uh, Burns runs to the lab saying, my germs, my precious germs, they never hurt anyone. Well, they didn't have the chance. <laughs> and, you know, and Burns tries to block the hippies at the door, but uh, yeah, they just run him over. Yeah. Burns is no match for like seven or eight hippies. Nope. And so, so at they, Burns gets knocked down and Mona obviously has a kind heart yeah. and comes back to help Burns. Um, and, but he gets a good look at her face and says, uh, she made a mistake for, you know, coming back, um, cause she's about to spend life in prison yeah. when Wiggum hits Burns with the door as he announces that his asthma has gone. Oh, this is where he yeah. does the breathing thing. Yeah. Still. And, great. and, uh, Mona, Mona gets away. She runs away and, uh, says on that day, my life was over. Yeah. Yeah. Because Burn, Burns never forgets a face. No. And so then we get a young Kent Brockman reading the news. So, <laughs> good God, how old is he if he's been doing the news this long? Well, okay, so this, we don't know when in the 60s this took place. Well, I guess we would know, because Homer was nine. He was 30, he was 38 in 1990. So his birthday would have been 1950. Two, so this would have been 1961. Yeah. So Ken's got to be like 70 year old, 70 years old in the present day. Jeez, that's not too bad. I mean, I know if he I, would I, still I, be on air. I don't know. I have. I well, maybe not. I've seen a he few would, older anchors that are on he, air in Minneapolis. He would be retired. Most most on air personalities, if they've been on air that long for the same station or making good money, they can just retire whenever the hell they want. Yeah. But young Kent uh, on the air says only one member of the Springfield seven was identified. She's been described as a woman in her early thirties, yellow complexion, and may be extremely helpful <laughs> for channel six news. I'm Kenny Brocklestein. So he clearly changed his name, which yes. is a good idea. Cause Kenny Brocklestein is an awful on air name. Plus he probably at some point got famous and so needed to change his name. So is he Jewish? Probably. As well? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I would assume so. Either that or he's German. Yeah. And so we see young Homer, you know, uh, slept uh, with a Pillsbury Doughboy stuffed animal, uh, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and Mona comes into his room and kisses young Homer goodbye. But mm-hmm. and then back at present day, Homer's like, oh, I thought I dreamed that kiss. And Marge is crying and apologizing for Mona for misjudging her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good. Now, here's the thing. She probably didn't need to run away. She could have just been like, "Oh, I was a passerby and saw him knocked on the ground and helped him up. I had, I wasn't part of that." Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of ways she probably could have get out of it. Even that, okay. Even then, 
okay, so they killed a few germs. She might have gotten, like, one year of community service yeah. or something. There, there is really no reason to run away. Yeah, but when you commit a crime, though, you, your mind's in a completely different state. A lot of it's flee. Yeah. Like, a lot of it's like, I better get out of here because I'm in Probably. trouble. Well, depending on, well, it depends whether or not you're a serial killer. Yeah. She's clearly not a serial. I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like once she got home and calmed down a little bit, she might have been able to think of something. Again, she's a young woman. First time doing this. I get it. She's probably panicked. Yep. Um, so Lisa asked Mona how she survived and she goes, I had help from my friends in the underground. Jerry Rubin gave me a job marketing his line of health shakes. I proofread Bobby Seal's cookbook and I ran credit checks at Tom Hayden's Porsche dealership. So <laughs> Rubin, Seal and Hayden were three liberal radicals from the 1960s and Rubin did indeed have a line of diet shakes. Bobby Seal did write some cookbooks, Ooh. but Tom Hayden never owned a Porsche dealership. Aww. So two or three. Yeah. Not bad. Um, and so Homer asks her in all those years why she never tried to contact him. And she's like, I sent you a care package every week. <laughs> and uh, uh, and she, Homer's like, I don't believe you. And yep. she's like, I can prove that I sent care packages. It's kind of uh, weird, though, because they go to the post office. But, like, I guess I guess I don't know what stops a post office from, I mean, maybe. Well, we'll address... find out in a second. Well, no, I get that. But yeah. I'm just well, here's wondering. The, here's my other thing. When did she start sending those care packages? Because it sounds like she started sending it when he was more of an adult. With the way the way the post office worker, but with all the care, like, I mean, there's no way that she was sending care packages every week. Yeah, I don't know how, how undelivered mail works, because I'm guessing Abe moved out and Homer and Abe moved out yeah. after the whole hippie uh, debacle, which we'll yeah. learn about in a future episode. But maybe, I mean, is that what happens? Like, if you don't put a forwarding address, it just kind of goes somewhere? I... Well, I mean, if you change your address. No, I'm just saying, um, obviously, Abe didn't give a forwarding address for the mail, maybe. I'm not sure. Well, weren't they always from Springfield? They were always from Springfield. They never moved out of the house. I guess we don't really know. I know they were at that. No, they were at the farmhouse for a little bit. But my guess is after Mona left, they moved to a different location. Yeah, they probably just changed the address and then they just. I don't know. You're making this more complicated than it is. So uh, she, so they go to the Springfield post office where initially Homer asks if he has, he's like, do I have any under, undelivered mail? And the guy's like, no. Well, uh, yes. And he puts a big bag of undelivered packages on the counter. And he's like, this is what happens when you don't tip your letter carrier at Christmas. <laughs> So I wanted, like, that's the thing. The one thing I want to know is when she started sending these packages. I think she sent to what she, when, like, when she got settled. Wherever she was, that's when she started doing it. I, yeah. So uh, so then we see Mr. Burns show up at the post office. And uh, Burns is like, yes, I'd like to send this letter to the Prussian consulate in Siam by Aeromail. Am I too <laughs> late for the 430, uh... Auto gyro. The mail clerk's like, uh, I better look at the manual. 
And Burns, oh, the ignorance. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, God. So then Burns notices Mona and try, he's like, where do I know her from? And when do I know her from? And then apparently there's a fugitive poster still in the Springfield post office after all these years. Yep. And, never, took, never took it down. And he rec- in 25 years, well, 27, and Burns recognizes the older Mona and he turns back to the clerk and the clerk's like, uh, he's like, my <laughs> manual must be out of date because I don't see Prussia, Siam, or Autogyro. <laughs> and Burns like, keep looking. And Burns looks back at the exit to the post office, but Homer and Mona have left. Yep. They're gone. Oh, it's great. Oh, God. So we go, we see Burns uh, in his office talking to the FBI and he tells uh, the two FBI agents that he saw her at the post office because they show her, show him like a a picture and um, the two FBI agents, their names are Joe Friday and Bill Gannon. uh, And those are the two FBI agents from Dragnet, another Dragnet reference. Uh, Bill Gannon is, Bill Gannon is voiced by Harry Morgan, who played Gannon in the original series. Nice. Um, And so Burns tells them to try to use phrenology, but Mr. Smithers tells Burns that it has been dismissed for a long time. Uh, I didn't look it up, but from context clues in the episode, phrenology is basically like uh, measuring the size of somebody's like cranium. Yep. And like, yeah, because like he has like a model head with like numbers on it. He has like the an old tool where you can measure somebody's head. Yep. I think, I mean, they used to have those in uh, like uh, psychologist offices and stuff. Yes. Um, and so the FBI says they will track her down and they leave Burns's office and they have a conversation outside his door. And Bill's like, how does it happen? Joe, how does what happen? How does a sweet young lady mortgage your future for a bunch of scraggly ideals and greasy haired promises? Friday is like, Maybe she thought the war in Southeast Asia was so immoral, her end justified the means. Cannon's like, gee, Joe, you haven't been the same since your son went crazy in Vietnam. And Friday's like, it's a pain that never ends. Oh, yeah, there are a lot of people that came back from Vietnam all messed up. Yeah. Uh, And then as the FBI agents walk away, the Dragnet theme plays. Nice. Which is great. Uh, now we cut back to the Simpsons house where Lisa plays the sax while Mother Simpson plays the guitar and sings. And she's saying, how many roads must a man walk down before you can call him a man? Seven. Homer walks, Homer walks into the room. Seven. Lisa's like, no, Dad, it's a rhetorical question. Rhetorical, A eh? Eight. Dad, do you even know what rhetorical means? Do I know what rhetorical means? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. Oh, oh that's great. I love it. Yeah. Um, that was that's that's a great quote. I love that quote. Yeah. Uh, I might have to use that next time someone asks me a rhetorical question. Okay. I might have to. Well, it's got, but it has to be like a numbered rhetorical question. <laughs> oh yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, I guess so. Damn it! Just... I'm gonna have to figure that out. <laughs> like, if somebody's like, you know what I mean, right? You can't just say seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so we uh hear the doorbell ring and bark looks to see who it is and tells mona to hide because obviously the fbi are after her. and yep. abe comes in into the simpson house and the no door is going to keep abe from his meddling <laughs> he just knocks the door in yep kicks it in yeah and mona you know had to hide behind the couch but you know sees that it's that's abe yeah and she's like oh abe 
you've aged terribly. Grandpa's like, what do you expect? You left me to raise the boy on my own. I had to leave. But you didn't have to tell Homer I was dead. It was either that or tell him his mother was a wanted criminal. You were rot. You were a rotten wife, and I'll never forgive you. Can we have sex? Please. <laughs> and Mother Simpson disgusted. She's like, oh, Abe. Well, I tried. What's for supper? <laughs> yeah, he probably hasn't gotten any since, uh, what was her name? Beatrice? Uh, Is yes. it Beatrice? Yeah. I think so, yeah. So, uh. yeah. So now uh, we see the, uh, the FBI shows a cab driver a picture of Mona, but he can't tell her if it was her. Because the picture is old. And the FBI says, according to their aging program, she should look 25 years <laughs> older. And it spins the computer around and it's just the <laughs> number 25 on it. Not even a picture of her. I love that joke. It's so good. Wow. Good job, guys. You know math. Or your computer knows math anyway. Oh, God, that's great. Yep. And the kids at Mona are in the backyard tie-dyeing shirts. Yeah, hey, that's hey, that's a fun thing to do. Yep. And uh, Bart grabs one and pretends to be a hippie. But like I was like, four more years, Bobby and um, <laughs> and and, uh, and I like Mona. She's like, uh, Lisa tells Mona that she thought she might be adopted, but after meeting her, it all makes sense. Yep, yep. yep. And but and Mona's glad to see the spirit of the sixties is still alive. I mean, why not? And then yeah. we cut to Maggie dancing with her body painted, you know, with peace symbols and stuff. Yeah. Not in the phrase, ban the bottle on Maggie's stomach. <laughs> She's doing the, like, doing the, the arm up and down motion. Yep. Dancing. Yeah. That's great. That's a great, I honestly love the animation for that. It's fantastic. Yeah. That was awesome. That was really good. Yeah. Um, then we cut to the gravedigger who was at the cemetery during the whole, like, introduction yeah. thing. And the gravedigger is shown the picture. And uh, he's like, yep. Ah, saw her. That is to say, ah, seen her. Seemed like a nice lady. Hipper's like, well, that nice lady set a course of biological warfare back 30 years. It's like, we're only now finally caught up. (laughs) Wow, it took him 30 years to get all those germs back. Yeah. Can't be that hard to get germs. Just go to the hospital. Yeah. Um, Uh, And and the gravedigger says, uh, Patty and Selma came by. So, uh, you know, the FBI go talk to them. But he yeah, makes to call Patty and Selma. They said yeah. something. Yeah. kind of wish he would have wrote down what he called them. Eh. And uh, so Burns wants to know who they bought the tombstone for. And Patty and Selma have the tombstone as their coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Wickham calls it in. He's like, uh, put out an APB on uh, Udwis R. Dewo. Uh, better start with Greek Town. <laughs> and uh, Friday's there. He's like, "That's Homer J. Simpson, Chief. You're reading it upside down." Uh, cancel that APB. But uh, uh, bring back some of them uh, euros. And Friday's like, "Uh, Chief, you're talking to your wallet." <laughs> and I love how <laughs> and, the picture the picture thing pops out. <laughs> that's so great. Oh, but man. I love the whole dragnet, like just the. Ah, uh, what is that? The, just the stern talking, like the, yeah. like I mean, there's no breaking character, which is no. fantastic. Um, and so Lisa asks Mona, um, has thought about returning to Springfield, and Homer suggests she could live with Abe, and they all laugh. Cause, yeah, they're all sitting down eating dinner. Yeah, there's no way Abe's gonna. 
Uh, Ramona's going to go live with Abe again. No. And uh, as Mona tells Lisa, um, it might be nice to rest. The phone rings and Homer gets up to get it. And Homer tells Mona that there's uh, nothing to be alarmed about, but she needs to take one last look (laughs) at the family and join him in the kitchen. (laughs) And so now we see outside the Simpson home, the FBI surrounds the Simpson house and Burns pulls up in a tank (laughs) where Mr. Burns drives the tank towards the Simpson house and he's wearing his oversized headgear. I think this is the first time that they that they do this, but I think they actually do it a couple more times. Yeah, well, we'll keep an eye out. Yep. And uh and uh um this is a reference to the public relations stunt by Michael Dukakis during his presidential campaign in 1988, which backfired on him as Dukakis looked awkward wearing a helmet that looked too big for his head and was derided by critics. And uh, comedians of the Dukakis in the tank. <laughs> uh, and then Burns puts a cassette in to play Ride of the Valkyries, which was awesome. And then we hear ABBA's Waterloo song coming in. And uh, by and Smithers like, uh, sorry, I must have taped over your tape. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, another reference to uh, Smithers' suspected homosexuality. And yep. I didn't know this, but apparently Abba has a large gay following. They do. Well, it's all that whole Mamma Mia stuff. Oh, the uh, musical? The musical, yeah. Wait, uh, what? Yeah, you know Abba did all the music for that that no. uh, musical? Nope. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, and so, but what what's really funny is, so when, when he did that, because the reason I know Bur- this isn't the first time Burns does it, when he put in the tape, I thought it was going to be the Imperial March from Star Wars. Oh. So it wasn't this episode, but I, I believe there is another episode where Burns does this exact same thing. And it's the Imperial March from Star Wars. I mean, I'm pretty sure there was an episode where the Imperial March played. We already covered that episode. Oh, did we? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. But I could be wrong. Man, we've done so many episodes up until this point. Good <laughs> God. Um, so uh, the FBI busts into, into the Simpson house and uh, Friday's like, freeze, FBI, the jig is up. And Crab was like, all right, I admit it. I am the Lindbergh baby. Wah, wah, goo goo. I miss my fly fly dada. And Friday's like, are you trying to stall us or are you just uh, senile? A little from column A and a little from column B. I don't know if this is where I got that Oh, this line is where from. I got this line from. I use this way uh, too much. Yeah. Way yeah, too, too much. Yeah. I don't know if this is, I, this must be where I got it from. Yes. Oh, I definitely got it from this episode. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and so Smithers searches for Mona, um, but uh, her and Homer have already left the premises. Yeah. So. We see Homer and Mona have made it to an abandoned gas station. Um, and it was thanks to a tipster. Um, and that tipster was Wiggum. Um, the reason he tipped them off was because Mona helped out with his asthma that kept him uh, that kept him in the academy. Yep. I don't know why I wrote out. Um, but it, Well, the it, asthma it, kept him out of the academy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. Yeah. She helped him with his asthma and the asthma kept him out of the academy. And so he, you know, as a thank you, tipped off Homer. So I, but I don't know, I don't know how Wiggum knew Mona was. I mean, obviously he saw her help Burns, 
But that doesn't mean she was there. I mean, Wiggum made the connection, but there's really no way of him knowing she was there. Yeah. I mean, well, unless he kind of saw her out of the corner of her eye when he knocked Burns over and saw her running away. Not quite sure. Yeah. I. That's a, that's a pretty big leap for Wiggum. Um, so, you know, Wiggum tells Homer to think of him as a friend who rose up the ranks of the Springfield police, but Homer ignores because he's like, and you can call me uh, Clancy Wiggum. And as he says that, Homer's ignoring him and hangs up. Um, and uh, Homer's just like, oh, God, he's so talkative. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, so Mona's uh, ride pulls up. It's like a Volks- Volkswagen uh, van. And uh, Homer and Mona say their goodbyes. And uh, Homer asks Mona not to forget about him. And as Mona enters the van, she tells Homer he will always be a part of her. She hits her head on the door and does (laughs) dough. Now, I read somewhere. Oh, by the way, we forgot to mention who voices uh, Mother Simpson. It's Glenn Close. I know. I didn't didn't really even recognize the voice. Like, like I was trying to go back and, like, kind of do Cruella DeVille from 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. Because, I God, I can't really think of other things she's been in. She was in Hook. Oh, she didn't have right. a speaking role, yeah, yeah, but she yeah. was in Hook. She was a yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, no, that was Meryl Streep. No, was what? that Glenn Close? I can't remember. I'll have to I watch think that might have been. I think no. I think Hook was Meryl Streep. Oh, okay. Uh, but Glenn Close. Oh, uh, you're right. Think, yes, it was Meryl Streep. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, when the the line "doe," and I kind of noticed it while I was watching, um, that's not Glenn Close saying "doe." No. Uh, it was one of the other voice actors recorded the line not not castellanetta it was somebody it was a, a female voice act one of the vo- female voice actors did glenn close was glenn close like i'm not saying doe no she couldn't pronounce it right duh oh i guess <laughs> she kept I, I read i read somewhere now again i read this somewhere so take it with a grain of salt but i did read that she kept screwing up the word doe so she recorded all of the line up to the word doe and somebody else recorded it. Unbelievable. And it does sound a little different. A little bit. So maybe. Um, and Homer waves goodbye and he sits on the hood of his car watching the stars as the credits roll. And uh, so two things. One, uh, according to the internet, internet, this is the saddest Simpsons episode ever made. Yeah, I know. Like, I know. I said, like, according to the internet, it's yes. a sad look. Is it sad? Yes. Look, is I think it, Lisa it, Simpson losing Bleeding Gums Murphy is sadder was, than this. I honestly, I get way more emotional watching that episode because the mu- I think it's the partly the music. The music is really well done. This episode, I get it. Homer loses, like, Homer finds his mom, finally has her in her life. But, you know, she has to leave again. Um, The other thing I read, so anybody who's seen this episode, they they did the entire credits of Homer sitting on the car watching the stars. Apparently in, uh, I want to say Europe, when they aired this in Europe, they, uh, they weren't supposed to do like voiceovers for like promos or anything. 
um, in syndication they have. Um, but apparently when this originally aired in like the UK and all that, they still did that. Like the promos yeah. and stuff. But Groening didn't want any of that over the credits because of the emotional state of where they were at. So I get it from that standpoint of it being sad. The saddest episode, I would, it's one of two. Like the Simpsons really don't do a lot of emotional stuff. No, but I'll tell you this, this scene where Homer's sitting on the trunk of the car, staring off into the stars yeah. is, is a huge me. Not really. I wouldn't call it necessarily a meme, but it's whenever a celebrity dies, someone uh, in the Simpsons group does this, where they have Homer sitting on the car and yeah. the person's like a silhouette of the person's face up in the stars. That's kind of nice. Yep. Every time a celebrity dies, that I'm like, I hear a celebrity die. I flow through my Simpson uh, group. <laughs> there it is. Someone did yeah. it already. Uh, so I, I really enjoy this episode. Um, it's to me, it's a lot better written than the last episode we did last week. Um, there's some nitpicky, like, again, maybe she didn't need to run away. Uh, she came back. I feel like blow, not necessarily, she didn't blow up a lab, but like releasing antibiotics in a germ lab. I feel like there's probably a statute of limitations and I guarantee you it's not longer than 20 years. So when she comes back, I highly doubt like she could get arrested, but it's really good. It's very emotional. Uh, some of the jokes are really funny. I love the Hans Moleman scene, Kenny Brocklestein, the, the computer, the, the age computer, like, you know, you see that so much in TV where like the, 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 the simulation of the age, it's like, Oh, this is when they were 10. This is what they should like, like when they're 35. And then it's just a number. Yeah. It's great. It's a great gag. Um, the dryer scene where Lisa and Bart are trying to talk and he's like, what? That's fantastic. Uh, it doesn't quite hit that five. Uh, so four mm, sprinkles. It's a solid, solid episode of the Simpsons. Yep. I'm definitely with you there. I'm going to go mm, sprinkles. Um, definitely a really good, solid a storyline. Yeah. Like, that's all. That's all they needed. They needed a little extra time for the, you know, the Homer sitting out of the trunk at the end. Well, that was just um, the credits. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, but, that no. wasn't, I, I think, I think the credits were normal length. I think it's just, they had so much story they wanted to tell that. Yeah. Yep. No, no, no. And, uh, my, my favorite thing, uh, is the grandpa, the Lindbergh baby, uh, <laughs> line. Absolutely fantastic. And the little from column A, the little from column B. I, I absolutely love it. The Hans Moleman bit has to be the funniest thing in this entire episode. Yeah. It was, it was absolutely fantastic. I love the, uh, the grandma Simpson and Lisa Bart, Maggie doing the tie dyeing thing in the backyard. That was kind that of was a cool, dope. kind of cool. Obviously Mona still has a, has a, a fatuation with the sixties and you know, that's just the type of person she is. She's uh, living in the past, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, a solid, solid episode for um, sprinkles for me. So let's uh, close it off with our character profile of Mother Simpson and her identity, long lost mother of Homer, presumed dead. Um, reason for hiding was seen by Mr. Burns on the day she participated 
in the protest destruction of his germ warfare lab in the late 60s. Her aliases, Mona Stevens, uh, Mona Simpson, Martha Stewart, (laughs) Penelope Olsen, and Muddy Mae Suggins. I wonder where she came up with that one. I don't know. Uh, She (laughs) plays the guitar and specializes in 1960s folk tunes. Well, I mean, she grew up in the 60s. 60s, so I would say if she learned to play guitar around that time, that's the type of music she would, you know, probably gravitate towards. So, uh, let's end this episode with where you could find us. Head over to Instagram, The Simpsons Did It Pod, over to Facebook, The Simpsons Did It Podcast. You can uh, find yourself over on YouTube to uh, listen to all of our backlog episodes. Just type at The Simpsons Did It Pod and boom, there you go. You'll find us right then and there. No more uh, just searching for us and finding it. You got you got an at you can go to. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe and be sure to comment on any video you listen to because we love the feedback and love the comments and, you know, liking us helps out the channel. Uh, if you want to leave us feedback in another way, uh, take out your cell phone, dial 612-584-0986, listen to our awesome voicemail med- message, and then leave us a voicemail. And lastly, if you'd like to donate to our podcast, which helps with all of our uh, giveaways and getting uh, merch and stickers and all sorts of fun things, head over to buymeacoffee.com backslash The Simpsons Did It and donate the duffer too. So, until next time, I'm Steven Sklansky. And I'm Robert Sklansky. And this has been The Simpsons Did It. Shh.